Welcome to another episode of the Carpe Fide podcast, where if the shoe fits, you wear it. And if the truth hurts, you bear it. I am Justin Gruber. And I am Jesse Gruber. And today we hope you will seize seize the faith. faith. Welcome to another episode of the Carpe Fide podcast. We're back after a small break with uh, Kermit and Trump. Yes, they took over our microphones. We're we're glad to have that that kind of reach that we can get such um, you know high quality interview like uh, like Kermit did, and then um, well we got Trump too, so that's pretty cool. Yep. <laughs> this is episode one thirty seven. The uh, title one thirty seven. Episode one thirty seven titled "Culture War: Jesus Isn't Your Cultural Lawn Sign." Dun dun dun. And for this episode, we have Jocko Willink. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I just wanted him to read that title. (laughs) Discipline equals freedom. (laughs) I can't do that all the time. I just drank spinach and ate glass. (laughs) And I'll tell you, I consume enemies with a fire from my eyes. From a great distance. My neck is massive. Oh, it's so big. (laughs) So big. All right. That's enough Jocko talk. Episode 137, Culture War Jesus Isn't Your Cultural Lawn Sign. We'll give you a little intro to how we even come to this particular um, topic. We kind of want to do a little... Through sound and fury. (laughs) Yes. Um, We we want to uh, unpack maybe some thoughts about uh, the culture war understanding that war, the word war, and the difference between war and battles, and, and how do we fight well um, the the ideologies that are present in the in the culture currently. Um, and in doing that, um, I thought we'd, we'd intro how we actually got here. So Jesse, you remember that fateful community group we were having with church, and we were sitting around, and we had finished discussing the main topics. Yeah, it was content. over. We were, we were done community groups, essentially. Yep. Yep. Yeah, but it was a quick community group, and so I thought I'd bring up something that I... Kept bumping into all Christmas season. It's really grinding your gears. It really was. It was stuck in my crawl. It was ch- ch- chafing the bit. I don't know. What? Chomping the bit? Chomping the bit. It was chomping the bit. Chafing, and the, chafing bit. The, bit, the bit doesn't get chafed. Chafing, ch- chafing my chaps. Anyway. Chafing <laughs> my chaps. that. Um, yeah. So I, I brought up in community group that I had a, a friend who was a... I, I write, I'm going to put quote on quotes around yeah, it's that. It's not. He's not a friend. No. no he... On Facebook, he's a friend. <laughs> he's a Facebook friend. There you go. He's a Facebook. Anyway, friend. he's been different over the years. Anyway, he's pastoring a church in uh, the New England area, and uh, he kept posting things all all Christmas long, pictures and statements, and they were finally just so frustrating to me that I thought I'd ask my community, how would you respond biblically to these? Jesse, in your words, as being exposed to them that night, what were your thoughts about what you were seeing? <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was just like, it was just such, it was as if an atheist were trying to make fun of Christianity, really. I mean, or 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 like it, w- it was from like the Babylon Bay, right? Like that's how, but it's unfortunate that this person and a lot of people, unfortunately, that believe like him, think that these things that you were saying that I'm sure will touch on in a few just a bit like we're absolutely true like like you you think of a a cultural long sign right like like in this house we believe you know love is love you can do whatever you want and water is boys or girls and you know i don't get the water is life i think water is life yeah protect the water man water is wet if you don't treat the water properly you're gonna get iron poisoning no we know that what you get what you get is gay frogs Okay, 
that's will what you, turn the freaking frogs gay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Alex Jones, you crazy guy. What a prophet. Right. Um, <laughs> so these these posts were like artistic images, and then they would be accompanied, and I would say modern artistic images. So they're, mm, I don't know how to describe the modern, like that weird kind of modern art, almost, almost, I guess, I guess, Maybe not modern. It was like a modern art with a maybe like a, a Native American kind of flail flair to it. Uh, is that is that right? Maybe something like that. Yeah, or or, or like, like, yeah. I mean, it, it was definitely like contemporary. It was it was trying to make Jesus relatable. It was like the whole "He gets us" campaign. You know, bringing Jesus into the twenty first century as if he's not already here and the author of it. Um, you know, it was trying to make people relate to Jesus in a very contemporary way, as opposed to looking back at history and determining what these things were. It was taking those things, treating them like some type of, um, you know, subjective thing, and then putting an author's spin on it. <clears throat> kind of like the Message Bible, you know. It's, it's like a, more like a paraphrase. Yeah, and, and they, they had a, a specific intent. Most of them were to, to draw some sort of progressive idea into the text of the Christmas story. Um, I think one of my favorite ones was when a n- image of Christ in some way, some sort of glory around him, was doing a weird dance, possibly on Mars, and breaking an, an, an AR-15 AR in half or <laughs> something <laughs> like that. And I was like, uh... Uh, <laughs> um. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> the caption though. What was the caption? It was like when when Jesus and human experience collide, or something like that. Imagination. Oh yes. Oh, it, it was so bad when our imaginations and Jesus collide. It's yes. breaking an AR fifteen. Like like these are posts clearly drug-induced posts right like i don't even like, drug-induced. they're definitely they're definitely in they were intended to manipulate the truth of god's word with images because there were sometimes verses posted with these things into into supporting whatever cultural ideological bent was going on that's it's, it's it was exactly what they were intended to do yeah pick a line from the lawn sign and make a meme post about it yeah that's essentially throw, throw a verse at it and basically just bash christians yeah and then you kind of have the idea of what these posts are yeah like uh you know a, the ukraine war and then make a fake jesus picture thingy or, or biblical picture thingy and then and then put a verse up and it was it was about whatever your opinion on the ukraine war was like that's basically what was happening it was it was really frustrating because it was all Christmas long <laughs> and nobody else sees it. I'm the only one that's friends with this guy, but I'm like, you know what? That's it. I want to know how my Christian community would defend against this type of ideology that's that's online because I think the importance here is it's all part of essentially the culture war. All right. That led me um, to address the specific lawn sign that is in question. Now, I'm not sure if you saw it this Christmas or saw it discussed. I mean, gee whiz. I saw uh, it in disgust. The E... The, E R I C is that the E R L C E R L C Ethics and Religious Liberty there Commission. We go. That's the one. Russell Moore. Russell Moore. I know he's talked about this particular idea. He's he's a fan of this idea. Um, but there's uh, there was a lawn sign that was going around this year, and then it was like made into like I saw literally handmade signs of it um, in real life. 
that basically said Jesus was a brown, undocumented uh, refugee or immigrant, depending on the sign. They said Jesus was an undocumented brown refugee slash immigrant. And I thought to myself, that's ridiculous. But that is exactly the vein of posts I was receiving on Facebook from this person <laughs> that were causing me great distress. And I was I was very like thankful. Of, of all the things to take away from the incarnation, right? Like, yeah, that was it. That's that's what we need to do. We're about your sin and <laughs> Right. That. Yeah, no, but that was it. Jesus wasn't, you know, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. No, he was a brown undocumented immigrant slash refugee. And I didn't understand To relate to you. <laughs> right. He gets us. Um <laughs> so thought of me i do want to say i was very thankful that our our community was both disgusted disturbed annoyed and uh addressed the these these signs very biblically so i was it was awesome it was a great time at that community group there um and that leads us to this episode where jesus isn't your cultural lawn sign and i'm going to do this by addressing this christian this christmas themed lawn side jesus was an undocumented brown refugee you ready for this jesse i'm ready all right um i do want to i made a. I mean some of you that are our friends on on facebook or are my friend on facebook actually got to see what i posted and i posted it in a more of ranting i was just frustrated way and uh and it wasn't i mean it wasn't angry or anything but i didn't do as much uh deep diving for everybody but it did get a lot of a lot of um interaction and i was really glad for it um, but I think some people that I talked to were just like, why? Why would you make a post addressing this? So how about I address it first? Are we okay addressing it? Let's address it. Let's address it. All right. Can we talk about the first no part? Sense to, no <laughs> sense undressing it. No. Might as well address it. <laughs> to address the fact that Jesus isn't your cultural lawn sign, and by that I mean taking whatever you want about Jesus and manipulating it to fit a cultural view and then shoving it on your lawn or putting it on a flag or making a bumper sticker out of it, you can make a thing. You can make true statements, right? Um, you can talk about, make a lawn sign that says, uh, Jesus, uh, makes life in the womb. Stop killing your babies. That's fine. That's, that's just, that's a fact. That's a biblical fact, right? Uh, you can make a lawn sign, uh, that says you should pray for your leaders. Like that's, that's a biblical fact. You can't just make it ma- say whatever you want. Like, uh, Jesus wants a 10% lower tax and he wants property to be able to be held privately, um, full stop by governments like you can't you don't want to do that right you can find biblical principles in there but you don't want to just make a stay like i want to make it fit some sort of cultural moment that makes sense so far mm-hmm, mm-hmm, all right mm-hmm. let's talk about how so d- it's almost like you can't just twist scripture to mean whatever you want whenever you want it <laughs> that's pretty much it okay all right yep. i'm down with that so to address this issue I mean, which catholics I- aren't anymore <laughs> but you know i'm down with that <laughs> oh, well, you, know, it's not, you don't understand uh-huh. it's just that he speaks he speaks in italian and it's hard to translate sometimes the Pope. And so we're just not fully getting the message he's trying to give. That's all. It's okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. All of our Catholic listeners, you kind of know what we're talking about. Have, so no, if you're listening, you know what we're talking about. All right. Also, stop, stop being Catholic. Well, make sure your faith is fully squarely placed in uh, Christ alone for salvation, his death, burial, and resurrection. Amen. 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 All right. Jesus was an undocumented brown refugee. First, let's hit that undocumented part, shall we? Jesus was undocumented. Jesse, was Jesus undocumented? This was probably... <laughs> it, this, it, <laughs> to, quote Ken, Ken, to quote Ken Ham, we have a book. 
so so like this was probably one of the most ridiculous ones that i reacted to it was like a it was like a it was a uh, what do they call that a visceral a visceral reaction to because it is the most documented (laughs) birth of anyone and event of anyone like in history i mean like it's just bar none yeah we know uh, (laughs) we know a bit about jesus and it was like it was recorded by multiple sources in multiple different ways attributing all to the same boy was it (laughs) like like if 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 Jesus weren't documented in some way, we wouldn't know about him and what happened. No, and what did so, but it's not a mystery what happened. We know what happened, and in fact, the thing that this that these people are referring to with their cultural little lawn signs can only be known because it was documented. And this is the type of mental gymnastics or just lack of mental capacity whatsoever produces yeah so i'm just going to take you to a quick passage of scripture luke chapter 2 verse 1 says (laughs) no crazy (laughs) it says this in those days a decree went out from caesar augustus that all the world should be registered (laughs) (laughs) so not unregistered no not like the voters and the like literally documented In case you're wondering, Caesar Augustus, that's a title used by many Caesar. Yeah, okay, Caesar Augustus. Claudius Caesar Augustus. Claudius Caesar Augustus was the Caesar ruling during and after and during and even after the subsequent birth of Jesus Christ. Mm. Claudius Caesar Augustus. Decided the world should be taxed, so he had to register everybody appropriately to know how much tax to take from each person so that he didn't lose any tax. Governments we know are very good at taking things they didn't produce. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. As a matter of fact, you know, that's almost <laughs> exclusively what they do now. Yeah, and boy, have they perfected it. Um, and in case you're like, well, Jesus wasn't born then when he made that. Yeah, okay. This is literally the time when Jesus and Mary, are, or when Joseph and Mary are headed to Bethlehem. And verse 6 of Luke chapter 2, which you may note is really close to verse 1 of chapter 2, it says, and while they were there, where's the there? Bethlehem. The time came for her to give birth. Oh, Jesus was born during a census. I feel, <laughs> I feel like there might be some documentation here. Uh, I'm just, I'm just gonna throw it out there. <laughs> oh. Jesse, can you think of any other times Jesus was documented? <laughs> um. Yes, namely in, in Matthew, Mark, and John. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean yes. <laughs> I bet a specific story from the Gospels. Can you think of any other time that he was he was documented? That he was. What do you mean? I don't. I don't know what you're getting at. He was documented. He was. He was documented in the in the census. Yes, and he was also documented not just by the Romans, but he was also documented by the Jews. Okay, you fail. You fail. You fail. When was he documented by the Jews? Luke chapter 2, verse 22. And when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, oh, yeah, the they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord as it is written in the law of the Lord. I'm not looking at the notes. That's my problem. That's your problem. There it is. Jesus was documented by the Jews, Jews as well. <laughs> he was set aside doing the following the law of circumcision and presented at the temple. Amen. Wow. <laughs> All right. Okay, so there's two. Yeah, so not only that, I want to I want to point this out. This is the thing that really bothers me. Jesus was undocumented. Jesus, in his own words, specifically declares that every portion from Genesis to exit to Genesis to Revelation is about him. So he's been being documented, which we'll actually use this tool later when we talk about his refugee slash immigrant status. Um, this is literally 
this literally been documented throughout the whole of scripture. It is literally a complete documentation specifically of Jesus. And you're like, well, that's your opinion. Uh, I will direct you no, to. I, I have it here. Oh, I perfect. Direct. Praise the Lord. I'm looking at the notes now. This yeah. Is, give me five. So, Come so on. Up top. Okay. That was. Oh, I was back to the face. Okay. <laughs> Please don't do that. <laughs> oh, Jesse. Luke 24, Luke 24, 44, which in which Jesus says to them, these are my words, which I spoke to you while I was with you, that all things which are written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Yeah, sounds like the word of God's all about Jesus. Yeah, every word. Yeah, John 5, uh, 39. You search the scriptures because you think in them you have eternal life. Mm-hmm. And it Sorry. is <laughs> and it is they that bear witness about me. So Jesus Man. was pretty sure that he was well documented. Yes. <laughs> As a matter of fact, he is in fact the word. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so the whole undocumented oh seems kind of dumb. Real, like super, I don't, super dumb. I literally don't even know what they mean by this. <laughs> like it's, well, when you're ignorant of the scriptures and you want to form a cultural idea of Jesus Christ that fits your narrative, you're just going to start saying things, even though the scripture is like, eh. <laughs> so like, what if, hold on there. <laughs> but like, you know, if they're like, oh, well, he was undocumented in Egypt because they fled to Egypt and you know that. Well, it's like, but you still documented, like we still know he exists and that he existed and exactly where he went and exactly when he went. Well, we're not there yet, but you know, you know that he was going to be from Egypt because of Hosea. <laughs> so Hosea, anyway, you've jumped ahead one thing at a time. Hosea, That's the undocumented. Jesus was an undocumented brown refugee. Hosea slash immigrant. The that, oh, nice. I see what you did there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A little parody. Yeah. Uh, Jesus was a... <laughs> All right, this is, what, this is the dumbest. I hate this one. Jesus was brown. Hmm. Uh, my level of caring about Jesus's melanin is effectively zero. Like, I don't care. And here's what I'm, I'm going to make a strong statement. To even make a statement like Jesus was brown reveals a disingenuous heart towards Jesus and his purpose. That's the statement I'm making. That's the emphatic statement I'm making. If you are making a statement to try to pull in some sort of intersectional, woke, racial identity to Jesus Christ, you are abusive and ignorant to what Jesus came to do and be. And I know that's for I know this for a fact. Galatians three twenty eight, which is not a joke verse, as some seem to use it, says there is neither Jew nor Greek. There's your racial lines. There is neither slave nor free. There is your uh, freedom based and also economic line. There is neither male nor female. There's your gender lines. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. What Jesus came to do, regardless of what you want to force upon him in his melanin, right, is to unite everyone. Jesus would not claim a melanin as we use race today, specifically because his intention was to was to sever the sever those divisions, tear them down, and make a united kingdom in his name. <laughs> There's there is no absolute reason for you to put Jesus was a brown person, Jesus was a black person, Jesus was a white person. I don't care. I don't even care. Some children see him all men died. Yeah, Andy Williams, boy, he never got canceled for that. Everybody loves his songs. It's because everyone was Catholic back then. They really weren't. <laughs> 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 
Right, really but they were. also didn't hate everyone else because they thought differently than them. <laughs> we killed the only Catholic, the first Catholic president we ever had. <laughs> shot him, shot him dead. I mean, we didn't I, do I it. Didn't the FBI did it. Like, what the heck? The FBI <laughs> did it. <laughs> we know who killed him. <laughs> I'm kidding. It actually was probably the commies, but nonetheless, doesn't matter. <laughs> right, the FBI. Oh, oh no, we're going down a circle. We've gone down a rabbit hole. Don't get us started on 9/11. Yeah. Anyway, I'm glad you did because I'm really <laughs> angry about the want the brown part. Jesus was brown. I. If, if to make that statement is to literally try, seek, ardently seek to undo what Christ intended to be and do. I, I hate it. It's it's awful. That brings us to our last point of the lawn flag, right? Jesus was an undocumented brown refugee slash immigrant. This is the one where you get a lot of pushback. But Jesus was a refugee. Jesus was absolutely a refugee. Hold on. Can I say, can I say one more point on, oh, on the brown Oh, we're going to do the brown thing? thing? Please, yeah, go we're right do the ahead. Thing. Because you know how the... Uh, the the woke theologians are all about how white people took over Jesus, about Jesus is the white savior, about you know all of the pictures and the paintings from the Renaissance and all of that picture Jesus as white and Jesus wasn't white and blah 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 like like okay so first off I don't think anyone actually thought that he was white okay because I think that those people are actually far more biblically literate than the woke theologians of the day are um, first and foremost. Um, But like you, you blame the white man, right? For making, for making Jesus a racial object. And then you go and make this statement that Jesus is Brown. Like it's first of all, revelatory. And, and two, you're you're doing the exact same thing. You're, 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 you're dumbing down Jesus to his race, which the only race that mattered was his Jewishness because that was very important for, well, all the prophecies in the Old Testament and all of these things and this particular moment and locale was Jewish. But like, other than that, like, that that's it. So like, who's making it, who's actually making it about race? And it's always the woke people. It's always the woke people and the Nazis that are making things about race. The Nazis. But, it, but in this case, it's just the, just, just the woke people. Okay. Um, <laughs> brought the Nazis in. Well, there we go. Um, yeah, you're, abs- you're, abs- you're absolutely right. This is reading into, uh, this is reading our cultural predilection into whatever we would like the Bible to say about Jesus and salvation or, or freedom or whatever. Like whatever we, we're just reading in our cultural narrative instead of reading what the text says, which is exactly what we do with the refugee immigrant status. Great transition, Jesse. See, see. Oh man, you're so good. All right. Uh, refugee slash immigrant. Jesus was a refugee. And this is the one you get the most pushback on. Jesus was obviously a refugee slash immigrant. Right, he was obviously a refugee. It says that he fled, he fled to Egypt. He fl- oh no, wait, he fled to Egypt. This is interesting. This is very interesting. Um, just on a legal perspective, I thought we could lay out what is an immigrant or an, or a refugee. The United Nations, United Nations Protocol on the Treatment of Refugees is quote owing to well-founded fear of being persecuted for reasons of race, religion, nationality, membership of a particular social group, or political opinion, comma, is outside the country of his nationality and is unable to, or, comma, owing to such a fear, comma, is unwilling to avail himself of protection of that country, or who, not having a nationality and being outside the country of his former habitual residence as a result of such events, is unable or, or owing to such fear, is unwilling to return to it. Hmm. Hmm. 
Hmm. Well, there's there's biblical there's biblical immigration too, right? We we know that as sojourning, right? Yes, there's biblical. Yeah, but the, even that is going to be really different under the Roman rule. We have to remember which time period we're in. So yeah, so you're you're going back to the Old Testament idea of sojourning there, um, particularly as you would enter a new land and talk to the the leader of that land as you sojourned. You weren't living in it. You were sojourning it. You're like, hey, I'm just going to sojourn. I'm not going to live here. Just kind of moving through. Right, and you would you would seek. You would seek access to that. Right. And you were either granted or denied, making you either a legal or illegal sojourner. Right. And so what we have to ask ourselves in this situation is, uh, is that what Jesus, is that what Joseph and Mary did? Did Joseph and Mary have to do any of this? Well, I thought there was an angel involved or a dream, <laughs> perhaps. I just meant on a practical level. Oh, oh, oh. Just so, like, you don't even, like, yes, we're gonna, I'm going to get to that because I would like to, I'd like to say. No, Russia did not invade <laughs> Israel at the time. Biblically owned. First of all, <laughs> the reason this bothers me is because it does a huge disservice to people who are like in the midst uh, of having their homes attacked by armies and having to flee. Having? Um, having. <laughs> I spy. Mis- like, I'm sorry. I misspoke. <laughs> having to flee because they're going to die because they are innocent civilians caught in the midst of a war. Right. Or or people that are living under Sharia law that understand that it is it is a, a godless form uh, of rulership and are, are being slaughtered under it and running from that like to to match that up to what happens to jesus is is horrible like you think you're making jesus relatable you're you know how jesus is relatable jesus came from heaven as god he came from (gasps) heaven to earth to show the way from the earth (laughs) i'm just gonna cut you off (laughs) like he came from heaven to earth as god that's the journey from that's the the part (laughs) like you want to make him a refugee like here on earth he's with sinners he is like a refugee from truth glory uh um all riches beyond compare you have no idea the kind of refugee jesus authority this isn't what makes jesus a refugee by the way all right anyway just that's that's the biggest economic jump that he made was from heaven to earth Additionally, it would help you to know that to be a national of a state is to be born under the sovereign jurisdiction of a power. <sighs> I say that. It's just so funny because our country just messes this up so royally. <laughs> just, yeah. Everyone's a citizen. By the way, these are more technical de- technical definitions for those of you that just had never thought about what a refugee or immigrant is. Um, yeah. And just to make this clear, uh, Luke 2, chapter 1, which we already read, it tells us what broad authority Jesus was under, right? They went a decree from Caesar Augustus. Now, for those of you who don't know who Claudius Caesar Augustus was, he was the Roman emperor. And at this time, pretty much the the formed known world was, most of it was Roman. It was, it was under Roman rule. Jesus lived under Roman rule. Now, you're going to say he was a refugee. Listen, he... First of all, just the journey alone, which, by the way, if you look at a map, you're like, I guess that wasn't the, like forever journey. It was a long time. They had to walk it and it really sucked. Don't get me wrong. It was from one Roman place to another Roman place. The same rulership that he was under in in Bethlehem was the same rulership he was under in Aegyptus, which is the Roman province of the northern Egyptian area where Jesus then went. Hmm. And so you need to understand that just from an understanding point here, this is not someone whose whose land has been invaded and whose father has been shot by Russians and they've fled Ukraine and are seeking asylum in in Poland. This is not like that. This is like this is 
the crime is more heinous, but this is similar to someone who's fleeing the oppressive taxes of California and going to Texas. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's the picture you have here. All right? I just want you to understand that. That's that's what we're talking about. Egypt here. had open carry? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want actually under Roman rule you weren't really supposed to open carry. That's that very very true. Very um true. I, I want you to hear that because what I want you to understand is you should not placate to people's emotions when it wasn't true and you're you're you are you are watering down the truth of the gospel and the power of Christ in an actual refugee's life by making this assertion. He conquered death for them. He conquered sin for them. He rules and reigns at the right hand of God. This is Christ, and that is the Christ that a refugee needs to hear and understand because he gives them joy beyond their circumstances, and you're watering him down to someone who's just like them. We're, we're borderlining like false prophet, false teacher type stuff with this, right? Like, like the level of... Emotional manipulation in these lawn signs and posts is like Kenneth Copeland level manipulation of people. It is Wolf's pulling. What, what do you do? Pulling the fleece over their eyes or whatever. What's the what's the what's the phrase? Yeah, you, you pull the fleece over their eyes. Pull, pull the fleece fine. over their eyes. Okay, but or like wolves in sheep's clothing. Yeah. it's like it is like you are you are deceiving people and turning them away from the truth. And there's there's a huge price to pay for that. Um, I think the scriptures is very clear, especially when people lead. Like one of the things that bothers me people about the, away from truth, right? That's what bothers us about that he gets this campaign. That he gets this campaign. Oh my god! What's to make Jesus? Jesus is just big enough. I want to burn it in effigy. He's just big enough to make you feel better about your family problems, and Jesus is way bigger than that. If only we took the millions of dollars in the He Gets Us campaign and poured it into, I don't know, Mercy Ministries. I don't know anything, anything, Chick-fil-A stock. Like, I, I don't care what you pour it into. If only we took those millions and millions of dollars and poured it into getting Bibles into, I was going to say Canada. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry, Canada. I'm so sorry for, for what's going on there. Free speech that's being stifled. Did you see, you know, yeah. I'll post it on our socials this week. Yeah, the, the one guy from awful. Rebel News, the one guy from Rebel News was literally, I just saw this today. I think it just happened this week. He he was he was going to talk to one of their their ministers of something because there's so many ministers up there, um, and he he's following her with the microphone. No, no, it was a member of it was a member of the World Economic Forum. Oh, was it? Oh wait, I'm sorry. Same thing. My fault. Okay. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> same table. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I think they use the parliamentary <laughs> conference space for the world. You know what um, use it? Share space. Share, Share space. space. Dan Crenshaw does too. Um, oh, ouch. Anyway, um, yeah, he was just going. He was going up to her with a microphone, wasn't touching her, and then she like cuts over, and he like goes to turn around, and there's a police officer that literally body checks him into and a bus stop, slams them just, into like scaffolding or a bus stop awful. or something, and then they say that they are arresting him for aggravated assault of a police officer, and he's like, "You ran into me," <laughs> but fortunately, it's all on camera. Oh, it's all on camera. Oh, it's all. On and then they were saying he was being he was aggressively. Asking questions. <laughs> aggressively <laughs> asking like, questions. And the crime in aggressively asking questions. Is... Oh, my word. Well, there's no free speech in Canada. Boy, isn't there. Apparently, right. there's also no... There's not going to be any video documentation sanity? of that. There's going to be no That sanity? guy's going to be suicided for sure. Oh, my gosh. Hillary, stop. Her tendrils reach far and wide. They do. Uh, back to Jesus is not a refugee immigrant. And now, hopefully, you're getting the picture of why we're so frustrated at it. Um just so you know, a lot of this hinges on Jesus being poor. But if you read Matthew two eleven, we know something happened in Jesus's life. Jesse, do you know what happened in Jesus's life that might indicate that he wasn't go- he, he had maybe God specifically fully funded his journey to Egypt? Um, yes. Well, there is the 
event of the wise man. Mm, right? The Medjay. <clears throat> um, yes, uh, who traveled from afar mm. um, and dropped off some pretty interesting gifts to, to <laughs> Jesus. Yes, they're interesting in both in their their primary use, but also interesting in their value. Yes, yes. Quite valuable. Quite, quite valuable. Yeah, and so basically he was... It turns give- out they were coming to worship a king. <laughs> yeah, and so they gave them kingly gifts. Kingly and, gifts. And uh, that would have been really helpful to a, you know, burgeoning family, newlyweds traveling to Egypt. Um, and, uh, and so God, it's almost like God sovereignly ordained this. Uh, which gets me to the last point, which is where like you just open the Bible and you understand why they went to Egypt. First of all, I just want to know historically. Yes, there's not a lot of data historically on on a slaw- a mass genocide of children um, at this time uh, when we have Herod um, Herod the Great, who was insane. Um, he well, he, a he, lot of the Herods really were, yeah they were, were all insane, but he was insane about his power. Now he is simply a a a figurehead ruler from Rome. They set him over this area. He's not actually like a, a Jewish king. He he was given the rulership of this area and uh, he considered himself king of the Jews. He considered himself king of everything. He killed his sons to make maintain his power. He was really psychopath about his power. He uh, didn't want anyone else taking his power. That's his big thing. All right. Um, but if he really committed a mass genocide and caused civil unrest that had to be squelched by the, by the Roman authority, he would have just been replaced. Just to be clear on, on how that works. Um, his whole idea was to maintain authority in that area um, and to, to make sure there was as much unity as possible. Um, think Simon the Zealot. We had zealots here. You had Jewish people trying to overthrow Rome. They're, they're, they existed. Um, but his job was to make sure they maintained some sort of control. And he did so through his power. He was very protective of it. And so he, he did. There, there is, there's very little evidence, but there is some evidence that, that some children in Bethlehem may have been slaughtered under the age uh, that he gave to make sure that he tried to kill Jesus. Um, so I'm not saying that that threat in the scripture wasn't real. Uh, I'm just saying that when you're when you think about it, like, oh my gosh, it, no, it's not like Egypt. It's not like the midwives. It's not like genociding a whole nation. That wasn't his goal. Because if he had done that, then there would have been a huge outcry. There would have been civil unrest, and Rome would have had to come in, put down the civil unrest, and they would have removed him, quite possibly forcefully, <laughs> quite possibly deadly. Um, from, oh yeah. from I mean, they don't care if he lives or dies. <laughs> no, they have no. They really have no vested interest. Um, and so I want you to understand that. Um, because it's important, you have a lot of historians writing things down. If there was a mass genocide, it would have been well documented. Um, at like the January Sixers, they don't care if they rot in prison, you know. <laughs> like, oh man, they really do not. Like, happy anniversary, by the way, belated. Oh but. my gosh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I forgot to make a post. <laughs> happy Insurrection Day. Uh, oh. <laughs> That would not have gone over well, but <laughs> I, under, I understand the sentiment. Yeah, you know. I mean, I do. I understand the sentiment, but um, uh, anyway, our audience um, would have liked it. <laughs> right, right. Yes, they would. All right. Uh, the reason that 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 biblically, I wanted to point that out is because more than than the fear that the angel pointed out. By the way, Mary and Joseph had no idea this was happening. No one knew this was happening. This hadn't happened when the angel told Mary and Joseph. He was telling them beforehand just so that they could leave. But that's not why he was telling them so they could leave. Matthew two fifteen tells us exactly why they had to go to Egypt. And what does Matthew two fifteen say? Let Jesse? me tell you, Jesse. I'm so glad you asked. It says. I'll, I'll, I'll start in uh, verse 14. It says, And he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt, verse 15, and remained there until the death of Herod. Here's, here's your biblical understanding, Christian, what the Bible says we believe. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet, quote, out of Egypt I called my son. 
one of the things that really bothers me is a lot of people say, oh, that, no, Hosea, Hosea 1.11, which is by, by the way, where the out of Egypt I called my son comes from. Hosea. No, that's talking generally about like Moses or, the, or Israel. It's talking generally about those, specifically about those things. It's not actually talking about Christ. Except for when the Bible tells you that it's talking about Jesus, I want to believe the Bible. Hosea 1.11 was written about Jesus specifically, foremostly, it was written about Christ, and therefore God orchestrated perfectly a fully funded adventure to take his child to Egypt, for he would call him out of Egypt back to the land once Herod was dead. That was God's plan. That is what God ordained to have happened. This whole thing, hey, look, Jesus, they wanted to stone Jesus so many times. There's a time where he just literally walks through them. It's like, where did Jesus go? I have no idea. He disappeared and walked right through them. I don't know how you do that. You have to understand something. Jesus could not have been killed in Bethlehem. Do You know why I know that he couldn't have been killed in Bethlehem? Because he was going to die on the cross for our sins. <laughs> you morons. Like, I don't understand. Which was also prophesied. <laughs> like, Tiny he Tim, wasn't. Who did not die. <laughs> This whole refugee immigrant thing is you reading a cultural narrative that diminishes the gospel of Christ in the life of actual refugees and immigrants. You disgust me. A Bible. Mm. All right. All of that to say. (laughs) Not the message, though. The message (laughs) might confirm you. You already did that. (laughs) All that to say, who cares? I got this this comment from some people, too. Who really cares? And this is where I really have been drilling down. Like People do not realize we are on the precipice of the BRICS nations trying to organize an actual war that will give them power and defeat the United States. We're the, the only what threat. nation? The BRICS nations. What's that? You don't know what the BRICS I always forget um, the the first one, so I have to Google it every time. Okay. Russia, uh, I, Iran, China, that's the that's the, the RIC. Uh, I'm getting this. I'm getting it. I, I'm so sorry. Jesse did this, and, and now I'm, I have to Dude, know. Dude, I got so many tabs open. Just like making new tabs for no reason. I I was doing research, man. That's what tabs exist for. Intergovernmental organization comprising Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa. It also includes Egypt, Ethiopia, Iran, Saudi Arabia, and United Arab Emirates. The last one is a little tentative as well as Saudi Arabia, but that's BRICS. BRICS. B-R-I-C-S. The main What's, ones, What's Brazil got to do The main that? ones is Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa. The BRICS. B-R-I-C-S. Okay. Now, thank you for letting me point that out. They are literally, we have China, who's the financial power behind Russia, who's got, who's the oil behind India or uh, Iran, which is the kind of crazy Middle East side of it. That's just their, which is the insane ideology behind. It's pretty much their job is to be insane in the Middle East. Um, And they're big and they're insane. All right. Anyway, we have these nations working together to literally cause civil unrest. And so what do you have? Russia invading invading Ukraine. You have Russia, Russia, Russia. You have the Houthis, Iran back militants. You have um, Hamas, and, and that's causing unrest in the Middle East. And just watch out. We're on the precipice of China trying to to allocate Taiwan, Taiwan and that's going to be a huge issue. And we're not even we're so we're so sheepling around that we don't even like look at it and think about it in terms of a larger context. And I say that. I say that to get gun to violence, them. Justin. Gun violence is a huge problem right now. <laughs> I say that to in say in the trans community. <laughs> This is why. This is why I. T- <laughs> Sorry. This is why I talk about it because that's a huge idea there, and that's the idea of the culture war we're on. There is a war going on, and it and all three of those things sound separate, but they're not. They're all part of the same war. Thus is the same with the idea behind the lawn flag and people trying to make this. It's a battle in the culture war, and the war is much bigger than that because the war is about ideology. The war is about truth. The war is about what is freedom. That's what these wars are about at their core. 
at their at their absolute core. Now, man-made war is about who's going to have the man-made power. Our spiritual war is about whether or not we're going to let God rule and reign as God, or whether or not we're going to try to rob him, thieve him of glory, and instead let, let sin, Satan, and evil rule. That's the real battle, the culture war we're in. The reason I care about this, the reason I made a post about it, the reason we're talking about it as the intro to this kind of this topic is because we don't realize that we must fight the battles of the culture war because we don't even realize the full breadth of the culture war itself. Anyway, how's that sound? No, I, I think ignorance is uh, the cause for almost every one of our issues, honestly. Yeah, no, I would say ignorance and apathy. apathy. Ignorance and apathy has been ever present building in the churches. We've just become fat sheep. And you know what? Easy to catch for the wolves, by the way, when you're a fat sheep. As the great American poet John Rubin once said, ignorance isn't bliss, but ignoring it is. (laughs) Yes, he did. Johnny Rube. Oh, man, where is he now? Probably Ohio still. Yeah, probably. Um, (laughs) We must realize. So we have to realize we're in a culture war. And we must know the war so that we can accurately fight the battles. And that's the key. We have to be able to identify the war so we can know when to engage in the battles. The battles are important. That's where we live. Maybe we're not at the top of the war. Maybe we're not looking over the map. But we are certainly must be aware of it. We must work together to understand Well, we're certainly it. in the middle of a culture war right now. Right. And we must be able to fight accurately these battles because each one of these battles matters in the larger culture war. And you're like, how are you using militant language? And I look at you and say, have you not read the Bible? (laughs) Have you not read the Bible? It's all over the place. We are of the kingdom of Christ. It is at war with the kingdom of the world. That's That's literally where it is. And it wins. It's not, we know how this war ends. The question is, are you faithfully fighting in the battles? All right. So why, <clears throat> we don't we don't read the Bible, and I, I, the, here's my fear. Mm. My fear is that too many Christian leaders, and especially the the wokey McWokesters, read the Bible for the sole purpose of creating philosophical sound bites on Twitters and Facebooks and Instagrams, and not actually reflect on their own sin, personal sanctification, and leadership in their local church communities. Yeah, that's a huge piece of understanding the culture war, so we can be strategic. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a huge problem. It's a huge problem. Huge. Huge. That's why, like, as of yet, I mean, no one's been like, hey, can we, uh, we want to sponsor your podcast. You mean, <laughs> nobody, nobody wants to be a part of this. <laughs> and we're able to say whatever we want because we can just be biblically accurate because we don't, we don't have a, we don't have a dog in the fight, but we are fully in the battles, <laughs> right? Like, so anyway, all right, moving forward. Yes, why let's wrap this up. Why make a post or a podcast about a lawn flag? The answer is because we have to fight long sign. the lawn flag sign, you know, totem, totem, <laughs> cultural totem, because we have to fight the battles, all of them, all the battles must be fought. So we're going to do a little series here, understand the culture war, and we're going to use some, some militaristic planning ideas behind it and explain them from a Christian perspective, because they're, they're one of the things the military is great at. It's thinking up terms and acronyms that really fit acronyms. succinctly. You for what the thing is doing. And sometimes they're not succinct at all. We'll be using none of those. <laughs> some, <Bricks>. of them, <laughs> some of them are really not helpfully short. Um, but things like strategical resourcing or resourcing your strategy, operational capacity, mission drift, these are all concepts we must understand in the culture war from Christianity to be able to effectively engage in the battles. You know what's one way to resource uh, the strategy? What's that, Jesse? Is if you take an old song, like say you're a Christian, right? And you look at the old public domain songs and mm-hmm. then you add a bridge or chorus to it and then mm-hmm. license it as your own song, you get all the money from that. That sounds amazing. Like, 
Yeah, if you want to get rich, absolutely. Yeah. Why don't we do that? Except like Amazing also, Grace didn't need a bridge, you know. Oh, I see what you're saying. Mm. Mm. Ouch. That's oh, a that, that's a whole different culture matter. That's gonna be that's gonna uh, be part. Maybe we should maybe we should include that type of thing in our worship is warfare series this year. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. The the rich get the, the rich worshippers getting richer while the rest of the people sing songs that are they could have just used a hymnal for. <laughs> Man, if only Derek Webb used a hymnal, am I right? Oh, <laughs> so. you mean Derek a Webby? Derek, <laughs> that guy, that oh. guy is needs a lot of prayer and repentance. Really. Anyway, moving forward. Um, so taking these terms and putting them forward, one of the things Churchill said during World War it's II. It's not a mental illness. <laughs> okay. I, bro, I saw the video. I don't know what's happening, but it is a mental illness. It's a mental illness. Oh, Derek. Um, Yikes. Winston Churchill once said, "You can't fight two wars, but you can, or you can fight said." Oh, okay. try again. All right. Poor guy. Uh, he said this, geez. and I butchered it. <laughs> All right, now Winnie, let's go. <laughs> you can fight two wars, or you can win one. And here's something that I found interesting: um, the United States was engaged heavily on two theaters. Now we came in late to the European theater, but pretty much the Pacific theater was was predominantly fought by the U.S. The Pacific theater, in order for one war to be fought, the Pacific theater was ended by the United States. They had to conquer and win that one so that they could then defeat Germany on European soil in World War II. And and this this thought is good in that what, what it's intending for us to understand is you have to know what the war is. Where's the war? And then you have to fight all the battles. Now, there can be many fronts to a one war, but it's all the same war. You can't think, oh, I'm just going to fight over here. Uh, because this is where the war is. No, the war is everywhere. You are in a battle in the war. You must keep the main mission objective ahead of you, or else you might get something like uh, we'll discuss, like mission drift. Yeah? Mm. Yeah. I just watched Balto when they got off course and they drifted. Oh, yeah, no. Balto is yeah. a great yeah. movie. Balto had movie. to go and find them, and then he marked the tree, and then... I miss Balto. Yeah. Balto was a great movie. Steel. Yeah, he's, remember Steel, I, the crazy yeah, dog. Yeah, I dog remember dog. Steel. His uh, his his statue is still there. Yeah, I want to take the kids to it now because I mean, none of them wanted to watch it. Like, I don't want to watch it. And then when Jameson realized it was like based on a true story, he's like, "Oh, that's cool." Yeah, the Adder Adder Iditarod dog sled race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the Iditarod. Iditarod, which coincidentally I believe is the exact same. Like, if you're familiar with White Fang, um, not White Fang, Iron Will, another Disney movie. Iron Will, that movie is based on the Iditarod dog sled race, and then you had I've never seen White. I don't even know. Balto is. is the founding of that. Anyway, moving forward. Uh, so anyway, we're going to take a look at some of those terms. Uh, we're going to address how we can incorporate that thinking as we fight against rulers and spiritual forces of evil in high places. That is Ephesians 6.12. It is explicitly uh, one of the things we put on a shirt one time. We, we want to make sure we're doing that well so we can identify the war, fight the battles, and push forward Christ's kingdom for his glory and the good of all men. Get strapped or get... Clapped, clapped by worldly philosophies. <laughs> yeah. So you were saying, I just want to be clear. You were saying, say, stay strapped by the truth of God or get clapped by worldly philosophies. Is that what the idea there? Uh, yeah, that's the spiritual sense. Okay. I mean, I'm just the other sure sense is it. that, you know, if you don't, if you don't carry, then. Yeah. You know, if you don't have a gun, don't be surprised when you're shot. Right. Instead yeah. of shooting. Right. Yep. When you're dead instead of yeah, alive. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yep. <laughs> anyway. Um, there you go. That's that's this ep- that's episode one thirty seven. We'd love to hear your feedback. We'd love to know what you're thinking. Um, uh, uh, maybe maybe you're highly offended. Maybe you're concerned. But um, 
uh, hopefully we can we can be biblical and look at these things in wise ways and hopefully they can be encouraging and helpful to you as you engage in battles literally every day if you're a faithful christian that is what you have to do because if, and if you're not maybe you should become one amen amen turn to christ today and repent and you will find truth and joy that are that surpass your own understanding in the glory of christ Amen. 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 Well, dear Christian, with that, we hope Amen, that you... brother. <laughs> okay, macho man. <laughs> well, with that, dear Christian, we hope that you this day will indeed seize the faith. faith.